Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. Message title is, A Good Neighbor is Faithful, if you're taking notes. You can also follow along on our app, Connect Community app. There are some filling in the blanks there for you if you want to go along. The scriptures are there as well. Most of us, when we hear the word faithful, we think of fidelity. Not wrongly, because fidelity is a strong element of being faithful. We think of being loyal. That's what we hear. But faithful also means to be steadfast. To be faithful means to be constant. To have some stick to it if that's a word. Stick to itiveness. I just made up a word. <laughs> it's that staying power, right? Sticking through thick and thin. And uh, I was thinking about this because I feel like this value in our generation has been mangled with, especially now in these days, the value of, of staying faithful, it's, it's changing. And I was talking to a friend of mine about this, who's also a pastor, and he was sharing about this new sociological study that came out that talks about a phenomenon that's happening in this generation. With the advent of technology and all that, uh, we, we, we have a, a transition happening. See, some of us here, we grew up when we, we in our teens and our 20s, we used to have FOMO. Do you know what FOMO is? Fear of missing out. Everybody knows FOMO, right? We had FOMO. We wanted to be everywhere. We had fear of missing out. It's that anticipation that if you're not in with the events, if you're not in with the people that are making things happen, you're going to miss out on all the fun. So you have to be in, right? You got to be at all places. And some of you, you try to be at everything. I mean, you pulled out all-nighters. You try to be at everything. In fact, in, our, in the 90s and 2000s, we even had songs that celebrated FOMO. You want to hear one of them? It's only going to work if you sing along with me. You're going to sing along with me? I think you can. Let me see if I can remember the lyrics. Uh -huh. There, this is one song. The guy started singing, and it was very romantic. But it was a song about FOMO. You might not have realized it. He would say something like, I could stay awake. Right? You remember the lyrics? Huh? Watch you smile while you're sleeping. While you're far away and dreaming. I could spend my life in this sweet surrender. Right? I could stay lost in this moment forever. What's the next line? It's every moment spent with you. It's a moment I treasure. Come on, everybody. Hey, I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, babe. And I don't want to miss a thing. Even when I dream of you. The sweetest dream. The sweetest dream will never do. I still miss you, babe. And I don't want to miss a 
There you go. You know it. I don't want to miss one smile. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just get lost in it. <laughs> I don't want to miss a thing. I got FOMO. That's what it is. I don't want to miss a thing. I don't even want to sleep. I'm just going to stare at you all night. <laughs> oh, my goodness. God bless you. That was our problem in the 90s, in the 2000s. We didn't want to miss a thing. We wanted to be everywhere. So some of you, you were overcommitted. You were everywhere. Out until late, up for class in the morning, pulling all-nighters on Fridays because of FOMO. But today, today we don't deal with FOMO anymore. Not really. Today, we deal with FOBO. Do you know what that is? Fear of better options. Yeah. Today, I'm here with you, but I'm not going to watch you sleep. I'm here with you, and I'm going to check what else is going on. You can go to bed. It's all right. I'm going to be checking out what else is going on, because it could be that there's something else better happening. And today, people commit very little. Everything is on pencil, because something better might be coming up. So yeah, let's make it tentative. Yeah, well, I might show up. I might be there. I might be at your party. I may meet you on Sundays if nothing else comes up. Right? Unless there's a better option, I'll be there. I'll come to church on Sundays because it's the best thing to do. There's no better option. So it's a joke. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> I felt tension in the room. Like, can I laugh at this right now? <laughs> What we have is a new trend that makes faithfulness a bad option. Because if you're faithful, it means you might miss out. If you commit, it means what if something else comes up? What are you going to do about that? So why should I be faithful? Why faithfulness? And I'll tell you why. Because faithfulness means belonging. You can't belong unless you're faithful. I can tell you all day that you belong here. But unless you commit, unless you show up, unless you're here, you won't feel like it. In dating, you can't, be you can't belong to one another unless you're faithful to one another. In your occupation, you can't grow to see the results of your sacrifice, to see the results of your investment, unless you stay faithful to it. This church is standing. We talk about it. You know, it's standing strong today because of faithful people who have committed. It is faithfulness that builds the house. Now, sometimes we think of faithfulness simply in terms of what we don't do, right? Simply in terms of what we stay away from. You can say, I'm faithful to my wife because I never cheated. I don't talk about her behind her back and I don't lie to her. All things that I don't do. So I'm faithful. And that's good. I'm not going to discount that, especially in this day and age. But 
She could say the same thing about her pet, right? I mean, there's got to be more to it, right? There's got to be more to faithfulness because faithfulness is not just about what you don't do. Faithfulness is the commitment. Faithfulness is you wanting to be here. And by here, I don't just mean here. I mean like there in your family, at home, at work. Faithfulness means you, you're investing, you're building, you're, you're engaged, you're growing together. And that applies to life. That applies to all areas of life. It applies also to being a neighbor, building community. So we're going to explore what faithfulness has to do with being a neighbor today. We're going to go to Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. I'm reading from the NIV version today. So you can follow along on the screen. For by the grace given me... I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others... We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So I want to share three areas today based on this scripture and others on how you should be faithful and what you should be faithful to when it comes to being a good neighbor. The first thing is this. We ought to be faithful to God's will if we're going to be a good neighbor. Now you might be thinking, why, why, why is it relevant to be faithful to God's will when it comes to my neighbor? Isn't God's will for me? Well, yeah, God's will is for you, but our will is really short-sighted. When we think about our will as we plan our lives, as much as we might love the people around us, as much as we might love our family, as much as we might love those who surround us, we, we might desire the best for them, but our will is about ourselves, really. But God's will not only blesses you, God's will blesses your neighbors too. In fact, I have a story in our lives, and I'm going to try to make this as short as possible, but I, I don't feel like I can explain this point unless I share, you, uh, share a story with you. So uh, it's, it's about our lives. Alini and I, we, we moved to Connecticut uh, about 10, it's going on 10 years now, but 11 months ago, we, we just moved into our new house, which is such a miraculous blessing that God provided uh, for us, but it there was a lot of steps along the way that had to do with uh, following God's will and had to do with the, the neighborhood, the, the, the being a good neighbor, right? So before we moved to, to Connecticut, we owned a home in Texas, in Houston, Texas. It was in Midtown Houston. If you know Houston, it's, Houston is super spread out. And we got to live five minutes from our job. And th- that's like ultra rare, Right, like the kids say these days in Houston, uh, for you to live five minutes from your job, I mean, Jesus, it's it's the Lord 
descending upon your life with miraculous things. <laughs> and, uh, and so we were loving it. And then God called us to move to Connecticut. Well, we had to sell the home. We made good money on that house. And we moved here with the intention of buying a house here. And we thought maybe within two years, we'll know the neighborhoods and we'll be able to buy something so that we can t continue to, to uh, grow, right? And uh, well, obedience cost us our profits. Because if you guys remember back in 2013, Connecticut was the last state to really recover from the 2008 housing crash. And the economy was not good. And so it took, everything took longer for us. It took longer for us to get support for the church. It took longer for us to get jobs. It took longer for us to start the church. It took longer to find a place to live. Everything took longer. And with that, we just had to use the finances that we had and apply that toward the project. Um, but through it all, we had the peace of God because we knew that we were following God's will. Well, when we got to Connecticut, we got connected to this lady who was an amazing, awesome lady that made really Connecticut uh, feel like home. She was a realtor. She was the lady who helped us find our first place. So we had a budget for our first place, a Texas budget that got blown way out of. <laughs> so she got us to a location, and it was a great location. We stayed at that place for about two years. Uh, but right, right after, about two, three months after our, our little girls were born, uh, our twins were born. By the way, they were born premature. Uh, our landlord told us, you have to move because we're selling. And we had just started the church like a month into it. And we thought, oh, my God, what are we going to do? You know, we, we better call our realtor. And we fell in our hearts, like, let's call her, because we really felt like we were supposed to, to, to call her. But we had just started the church, and someone in the church had just gotten their real estate license. And we thought, man, we, we are four people we want to support. And this person was a servant leader in our church. And, and this person, we love this person. We thought, let's, let's support this person. And, and so we're, we, we went with this person. And so we started searching and searching and searching. And this person, they were, they were doing their best, man. And we were having a good time looking for, for houses. But we had about two months. And so a month went by and a month plus went by. And now we're getting nervous, right? Because we can't find a place. I mean, we're looking everywhere, everywhere. When I mean, we can't find a place that quite fits our budget and what we need, what we needed. Well, finally, uh, this person said, hey, if you know anybody else that you can call, I, I'm just feeling, he, he felt the weight of it, and we felt the weight of it. It didn't affect the relationship at all. I mean, it was all in good spirits. But he said, hey, if you know anyone that can help find you a place, man, don't feel obligated to have it go through me. Just call them. Because at this point, I just, need, I just need you guys to find a place to live. And 10 minutes after we left the last place we saw with him, we called this lady, the, the awesome lady that found this our first place, right? And she said, I know a place. I just got contacted by a person. It's not listed yet. But there's this home. It has four bedrooms. And it was exactly what we needed. He is not listing it because he wants a family. He doesn't want like four people to rent it. And he wants a family. And so 45 minutes later, we're in the house. It was probably two, three days later, we signed the contract and moved in. It was amazing. Yeah. And so that's the beginning of the story. This real story that I want to tell you starts now. So <laughs> it's a short story, okay? 
It's a short story. Five years go by. We're living in that house. It's a blessing. We're having prayer meetings. We're building the church. We're doing all things, and the Twinkies are growing, and <laughs> life is good, and Maya is, you know, a blessing, and we're great. It is February 2020, and I am sipping tea outside uh, and, and, and in the living room looking out after a church service, just grateful for what God had done at church. And I see that the house across the street is still for sale. Now, the house had been put on the market uh, probably 180 days before. It was about that much. And we saw when it went on the market, it was way too expensive for us. And something in my heart said, look into that house when I was looking at it in February. And so <clears throat> I went to check. They had dropped the price by like 80 grand. And so now it's within the window that we thought could happen. It's been seven years for, since we sold our home in Texas, and now we're looking for a house, right? And so immediately our heart goes, call the nice lady, right, and, and check it out. So we called her, told her our story. Not sure. We said, we're not quite there yet, but we might be able to buy a house. She said, I have a great product for you. Anyways, it's a longer story than that, but everything works out. We put in an offer mid-February, and we set to close March 18th. Now, I don't know if you're history buffs, <laughs> but <laughs> March 18th, 2020, uh, we had our last in-person service on March 8th because, you know, we had to lock down. So March 15th was our first online service. And now everything's getting delayed. Our closing date got delayed, and the pandemic is here, and we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if, how, how church is going to happen. Like, we don't know how we're going to progress, right? And part of us goes like, should we even move with this climate right now? And we went and prayed, and God said, yes, keep going. Like, this, this is supposed to happen. So we ended up closing May 18th to 2020, and we're happy. We're in the house, we're filming our services in this new house, and we're having people over, and as, as, as when it was okay, all right, when it was okay, when it was okay, we, and, and continuing to build the house, the, build the church, and, uh, and we're good. We thought, man, it's a small house. It was a three-bedroom converted to two because both of us are working from home now, and so we have our three girls sharing one bedroom, and our bedroom, and then the office, it's a it's a contained place, but we're like, man, it's, it's a dream, right? We, we have a house in, in Stanford, Connecticut. It's amazing. And then November of 2021, my, house my, my wife tested positive for a baby. <laughs> 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 and now <laughs> it's a joy, but it's a problem. Because what are we going to do? We either have to build out or put the baby in the kitchen, and that doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work. You can't build a nursery in the kitchen. And so knowing our, our history, who would you call? The nice, uh, the nice lady. Well, except now there's a person in our church who just got their real estate license, and that person is looking for a client. And you know that person because she leads you into worship every other week here. It's Susie. <laughs> Right? And we love Susie. Susie is family, right? She used to work for the church. She's at our house. We, we, uh, we married uh, Susie and Dante, and we practically delivered Cammie, their, their daughter. Right? We were there, ready. Uh, they said, no, let the doctors do it. But 
you know. So we're close. I mean, we love Susie. And so Alini and I decided we're going to level with her. We, 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 we're going to level with her. We're just going to tell her, hey, listen, this is the story. And we told her, listen, we have this person that has, has helped us for nine years, and she's amazing. She's awesome. And we also honor, honor you. Um, what do you think? And Susie looks at us, at us and says, guys, it's too much responsibility. You should go with her. <laughs> go with her. And that didn't make it easier. That makes it worse. <laughs> but we, you know, you know, in our hearts, we knew we needed to seek God's will. And so we said, honey, let's pray. So we prayed, and it was clear as day. The Lord spoke to us. I want you to be her first clients. I want you to be her first clients. That's why I'm telling you, you got you to follow God's will, man, because you don't know what God is up to. And for us, just monetarily speaking, it's a risk. She had never sold a home. She had never listed a home. And now it could potentially be the next 30 years of our lives if we get a good mortgage in her hands, right? I mean, she's part of the process. We're going to make the decisions, but this is important. And so we, we went with her. She did a phenomenal job. I mean, the market was crazy. But she listed our house not only well above what we paid 18 months before, but she sold it well above what she listed. And with all the money that came in, we were able now to look into houses that we thought, we're not going to get a house like this until we're 60. And, and, but just the Lord accelerated that process. There was this one house that didn't come on the market on the publicly. It just, this person was just showing uh, because they were really picky on who they wanted to buy the house. And so we were the first people to see it. And we came in with the whole family. We might have dressed the girls very adorably. We might have done that. Uh, but we came in to see the house. And then Susie just takes the owner who was selling it himself and has a whole conversation with him. I don't know what she told him, but she has this ability to connect with people, right? And, and with him meeting us and then, and then talking to her later, he told me, listen, I felt like I needed to sell it to you guys. He felt like he was serving the Lord. This is not a, like a super Christian guy. He's a God-fearing man. But he thought, man, I, I just, I saw you having meetings here and praying for people here. And so what happened? We ended up getting the deal. Now, listen, they left money on the table because they got two other offers that were way higher than ours. But because of the connection, Susie not only got connected to him to get our deal, but through him, she connected to all these other people that are in the business. And now she's able to bless other people with these providers, these, these vendors. And not only that, Susie and Dante just walked into their brand new home last February that God blessed them with. And part of the process was due to connections that they made in our deal. Now, I can't take credit for any of that. That all came out of prayer. I was thinking, God, what is your will? And God said, I want you to be a good neighbor. I want you to honor the person that I am calling to be a real estate agent. Because God really put that in her heart. And he said, I want you to be their first client. And that's what's happening. Uh, uh, that's what happened to her, to her. We can't take credit for it. So let me tell you, like, that's why I wanted to tell you the story. Because it, when you follow God's will, you don't know what's going to happen next. But God can use your decisions to bless people way beyond uh, what, what you can foresee. And that's basically, I mean, was that a 10-minute story? <laughs> now you know the story. Second point, 
Be faithful in building others. And I promise the next points are not going to be as long, okay? Be faithful in building others. What did we just read before? Let me remind you. Romans chapter 12, verse 5. In Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So you belong to one another. We are members of one another. We are part of one body. Now, of course, he's talking about the church as a body. But when we think about the church in the scriptures, we shouldn't think about an event. Typically nowadays, we think about church, we think about Sunday morning, we think about a connect group, we think about an activity that we do as a church. You shouldn't think of that way. Church is the body of believers, the community of people who follow Jesus Christ. And that's what, what uh, Paul is saying. Listen, as, as far as it depends on people who subscribe to the way of Christ... Don't think about location. Think about community. And you are part of this body. you you, you got to be connected to this body because you're a member. And it's important to be connected. Now, this I'm going to give you a picture now that's really weird, okay? It's a weird picture. But imagine that there's just a hand sitting around somewhere. Get past the gruesome image. That hand is not doing anybody any good, Right? Imagine that there's a pair of lungs just hanging out somewhere. That pair of lungs is not feeling like they're living the best life. They're not, it's not feeling like it's living its purpose. It's only when it's connected to the body that the lung can provide oxygen to the brain and provide uh, air to the heart so that the body can live. It's only when connected to the body that the hand is useful. And some of you, you've been wondering, God, what's my purpose? God, how can I? I don't feel like I'm living my purpose. It's because you're disconnected. You're a severed member. And God has made you to be connected, to be part of the body. Because you have what other people lack. See, the hand needs the arm, that needs the elbow, that needs the bicep here, this part. I don't know what this part is. It needs the shoulder. It all works together. And for all of us to grow in Christ and to continue to live our purpose, we need to play our part. That's how we build each other up. Scripture says in Romans chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, listen to this. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us, please, each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. Say, build them up. That's right. You please your neighbors for their good, not for your good. Building others involves considering the other. So what, what the scriptures is telling us is, hey, you'll build them up. How? With your attitude, right? Having an attitude of gratitude, having an attitude of encouragement, having joy, having grace. That's how you build people up. You build people up with your words. Encouraging them, guiding them, complimenting them. Man, a compliment can go far. Something as simple as a compliment. Recognizing people's efforts. Recognizing their capacities. It's great. You can be build people up with what you have. You don't have to have a PhD in building people up. You can do it simply with your words. Building them up with your faith. Believing what God has for them. Point three. Be faithful 
to the gift God gave you. Everyone say, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. Say, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. Look at the person next to you and say, you're gifted. gifted. You are gifted. <laughs> Some of you said, I'm gifted. <laughs> you were gifted. Look at what we read earlier. We have different gifts according to the grace God has given each of us. So your gift is not the same as my gift. Your gift is not the same as the person sitting next to you. You have different gifts. And your gift is how you serve. Your gift is how you serve the community. See, using your gift is how you, as a separate member, come, uh, become connected. Your gift is the ligament that connects you so that you can be a part of the body. Your gift is the glue. Now... Your gift, this is where some people get it wrong, okay? Your gift is not how you stand out. Your gift is how you blend in. Your gift is what causes you to be one. It's what connects you. It's what makes you part of the body. Take our worship team, for example. Our best Sundays are the Sundays when they bring you into God's presence and you get connected to God enough that you can close your eyes and forget that they're here. The best Sundays are the Sundays where they can get you into God's presence in such a way that you even forget that they're here. And you just worship. you just in God's presence. Now, when you go to a concert, it's the opposite. Right? In a concert, the musicians are wearing flashy clothes. They got a flashy microphone shining everywhere. You got the lights and you got everything. And you're supposed to pay attention to them because they're putting up a show, man. They are there to stand out so that you can notice them. And you applaud their talent. That's why they're called stars. They shine from afar. Because if you get close, they get scary. And they can kill you. Not all of them. But some of them. <laughs> but in a church, it's the complete opposite. Our gift is for the body. Our gift is to build you up. See, when I speak, I'm not trying to impress you with great things to say. I'm trying to connect you to the scripture. So that you can hear the scripture and, and perhaps listen to the voice of God in you. So that you can get out of here and not think about, ooh, I, JD said that sentence. You know, no. It's so that you can get out of here and think, I feel like the Word of God is leading me to change this in my life. I feel like the Holy Spirit is guiding my life to make some decisions so that I can be better. I feel like God is, is multiplying wisdom in my life so that I can be better at making decisions. That's our goal. So your gift is how you find your part in the body. And let me tell you, what I just told you about trying to show off, you might see that in churches sometimes. It happens sometimes. But just you watch. You wait. Because with enough time, that crashes so hard. It, it just, it's, it's, a, it's a time bomb waiting to crash. Because this is not what the body of Christ is built for. It's not built to prop anybody up but Christ. And so your gifting 
is how you find your part in the body, and it's how you blend in, how you become one. It's how you realize, hey, I'm part of something bigger. There is something bigger than my part that I am part of, and, and that's what God is calling me to do. So I want to encourage you today because you may say, J.D., I get it, I get it, I get it. I want to be faithful to God's will. I want to do that. I want to be faithful in building others. I want to do that. I want to, I want to, I want to encourage other people. I want, to, I want to be that person. And, and I want to be faithful to God's gift in my life because I know that that's, I, I, want, I get it. I get all that you're saying. And I want to be committed. I don't want to have uh, FOBO or FOMO or any of that. I want to be committed. I want to go the distance. But how do I stay faithful when I don't feel like it? Right? How do I stay faithful all the time? I feel like I have an answer for that for my personal life. And because if you just tell yourself, I gotta be faithful, I gotta be faithful, I gotta stay faithful, I gotta stay faithful. Oh man, I gotta stay faithful. Oh, I gotta stay faithful. You know the progression of when something is exciting and then it just becomes a burden? Have you ever tried to start a, a workout program? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. How about a new diet? I gotta stay faithful. I gotta stay faithful. Oh, God, is, um, just give me the cupcake. Right? Here's how you stay faithful stay passionate. Don't think about staying faithful as much as you think about staying passionate, keeping your passion. So you want to stay faithful to God, stay passionate about God. That is something you can control. Stay passionate about your relationship with God. You want to stay faithful about God's purpose for your life? Stay passionate about His purpose for your life. You want to stay faithful in your marriage? Stay passionate about your husband. Stay passionate about your wife. Stay passionate about your marriage. You want to stay faithful in your career, the new venture that you're starting, and it's probably really hard in the beginning and in the middle and in the end. You stay passionate. Stay passionate about the vision. Stay passionate about the cause. You want to stay faithful in your fitness program? Stay passionate about it. Find ways to stay passionate. Because when you stay passionate, you will do what is necessary. Now, we live in a generation that has exchanged passion for dopamine. We have exchanged the value of passion for just getting happy. The momentary happiness. That's why we've exchanged FOMO for FOBO. That's why we've exchanged commitment for wandering. Instead of staying committed, I'm going to wander and see what else is happening. And that's why we've lost romance. Have you noticed we've lost romance in our culture? We've lost romance. Or maybe we look at the past with romantic eyes. I don't know which, but what I do see is that instead of following love, instead of wanting to fall in love and building a life together nowadays, being a witness to somebody and being a witness with somebody to some, in somebody else's growth and somebody else's development, that's not people, what people desire these days. People just want to see what else is happening. Who else can they hook up with? And that's why we have a hookup culture out there. You know, you, you hook up with a person and then you're just wondering, who else can I connect with? But it's not real connection. 
there's no endurance. Instead of having a meaningful life, they have a mean-filled life. Their lives are means. Why? No passion. No faithfulness. So I want to encourage you today to stay faithful. Stay faithful and keep your passion strong. Because if you do that, you will be able to not only follow God's will through ups and lows, through peaks and valleys. You'll not only be able to build other people because you'll get your eyes off yourself. But you'll also be able to uh, nurture the gift of God and be faithful to the gift of God in your life. And if you do those three things, I believe God will take you places you've never dreamed of. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. 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 Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.